Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And thank you so much for hanging out with us on this wonderful Monday, which will be Monday when this uh, comes you had out. You me really confused there. No, it's not Monday now, but it will be. I'm not a dates, numbers, <laughs> or time kind of person. Kyle has... I don't know what Kyle has for us today. I really don't either. I started with the idea of looking into my labs and stuff like that. And then I found a book and I'm like, whoa, cool. I'll just, it's all in this book. I'm going to dive into this book. And it went left, right, up, down, circling <laughs> around. Not to say that it isn't good. It, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of cool thought processes me and Steve are going to get to run down, but it was definitely not exactly what I was expecting. Plus we kind of already covered like the Dulce base and it gets referenced in this book and, and so on and so on. So he's, he's bringing us that. Yeah. Left, right, up, <laughs> left, down, right, up, down. A, base, B, a, a, B, yeah. I was going to say a, Mortal Kombat cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. But before we can get into Mortal Kombat, we have to get through all of this housekeeping business. So check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit. Come to the Discord. Come and hang out. Discord's been popping off like crazy lately, which is awesome. Shout out to the Discord. Woo-woo. Uh, if you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share with us, <coughs> Kyle's got all the deets. Yeah, you can record yourself on your smartphone using like your voice memo app or your... Even just a video, you can uh, send it to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can write your story out, send it over there. Uh, a lot of people have been texting the phone with like a brief description of what they got going on. Some people want to just come on and talk. Others are just sending it through the text. Or you can call the phone, which is going to be 1-618-556-0837. Leave a voicemail, and remember, that does run in four-minute blocks, so if you have a very extended one, 
like our uh, alien guy from the last one, you can use your voice memo app and record whatever length you want and then shoot it to the email. Or just come on the show. I know we're kind of piss-ass at scheduling interviews, but just bug us and... We'll figure it out. Yeah, and it, it got a little crazy this weekend. Steve got forced, so Hell we're kind of yeah. tight on time. Shout out to my job. Yeah, we're tight on time, so... Because I was thinking about I'm giving it the scheduling one. Right yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I hope my boss listens to this. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Tool. Anyway, not bitter, but if you... Where am I at now? Oh, yeah. If you'd like to support the show, we got a bunch of ways you can do it. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can hop over there, check out those tiers, see if that's something you're interested in. Get some extra content, uh, some goodies, all sorts of stuff over there. We also have a... Uh, monster sponsorship. Yeah, if you can get Monster that. to sponsor us, that'd be cool. If not, we got a Venmo. You can toss us some pocket change to buy some monsters there. Um, Best thing you can do is share us word of mouth, share episodes on... All your social medias. Tell all of your weirdo friends. Anybody that listens to podcasts. Anybody that's into spooky shit. Throw our name out there. Just keep the grassroots growing. Yeah, that's probably like one of the most important things anybody can do. Yeah. 100%. Help us grow and, and give Kyle, us monsters. Kyle, crack that monster. I drank yeah. one earlier. Hell yeah. Uh, another way you can support us is... By leaving us a wonderful five-star rating and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, remember, for those people leaving reviews, come up with clever names. I, I enjoy when Steve reads a very interesting name. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. That being said, today's five-star rating and review comes to us from Truth Senpai. All right. All right. Truth Senpai says, five stars. Hey guys, been listening to your podcast for about a year now, I believe, and you guys are amazing. I love every topic you guys talk about. One cool show idea, if you haven't done it yet, is discussing the ancient alien theory. Anyways, cheers guys. Looking forward to more episodes. Well, we've, Truth We've Senpai. talked about the guy with the frizzy hair. Yeah, we have. I mean... But we haven't went into the ancient alien theory. Oh, I thought they were more or less just referencing the guy. Could be. I, I kind of feel like that's Tie where... it into both. Okay. Yeah, okay. You should grow your hair out like this. I'll try. <clears throat> Sick. I got a long way to go. You're probably closer than me. Yeah, I got I to gotta get a haircut. Jen, if you're listening, schedule me. Anyway, True Senpai, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us a five-star rating and review. Like we said, love hearing the feedback from everybody, especially when it's positive feedback. We'll sure. take We'll take criticism, constructive criticism. But when it's positive... That's even better. A little pep in our step never hurt nobody. Yeah. And from there, we are jumping into our listener experience of the day. Send to us from, well, let me see here. Ryan. call me Ryan, he says. From Ryan. So it says, hey, here's a paranormal story from a new listener. Hey, Kyle and Steve, heard of your podcast from listening to another. I like your dynamic and chemistry you two have together. It's like listening to the boys shooting the shit about the weird. Anyway, I'm a bit of an attractor of the weird. Or rather, weird things happening have been a common theme in my life story thus far. Not entirely sure why that is. Maybe I'm a magnet for the strange. Who knows? With that, I have one ghost story and many of my stories in the weird. By the way, you can call me Ryan. Here's a bit of context for the story to help enhance things and give it an edge. The place of interest is typically called Spooklight Hill. It's a fairly creepy hill out in rural Indiana. More exactly, it's where two gravel lanes converge on a forested hill. Now, folklore as I have read it tells of a tragic happening in the horse and buggy days. You see, back in those times, a farmer, a widower, and his only daughter lived in the area of Spooklight Hill. As two was quaint... As two was a quaint white church just a mile or so from their farm. These two were known as the Lowrys. Uh, or this is what the legend says, him being John Lowry and her being Rebecca, his daughter. Well, one spring or summer day, as there is none around that can remember exactly when, Rebecca was to be wed at a nearby church. She was running late, and John was rushing recklessly in their buggy to the church with her and her bride's dress and all. 
but Rebecca was never fated to be wed. See, in their hurried manner, Rebecca fell from the buggy, and the spokes of the wheel severed her head from her body. Damn. A tragedy John would never forgive himself for. Her head was never recovered, and his grief never subdued. Legend tells that John, even to this day, searches with his lantern light up and down the roads for his daughter's lost head, hence the name Spooklight Hill. That's the fol- the folklore of it, and here's my own experience with three others who will be given aliases to protect their identities. <clears throat> One stormy spring night, I say around 11 o'clock, back in my college days, myself, Zach, Keith, and Keith's annoying girlfriend, Abby, all pile into Zach's car and drive around an hour away to Spooklight Hill. As you do if you're bored and sober. <laughs> Shout out, annoying Abby. <laughs> Eventually, we got to the road it's on, a slick gravel minefield of potholes and rivets. We make it to the third hill, turn the car around, and flash our high beams three times at the Spooklight Hill. Cut the engine and then wait in the dark rain and silence for the light to appear. For probably about 40 minutes, as myself and Zach had seen the light before and wanted others to experience it. Luckily, it appeared just as I got out of the car and struck my Bic lighter and motioned the flame in a slight figure eight. I called out for Rebecca or John to show us something, really anything at all. Then I got back in the car and we made it, waited a minute or two. First, the intersection, the hill, began to glow a bit as if there were a dim cast of light at the center of it. The best comparison is if a tiny nightlight were going out and dimming. Then we all witnessed a brilliant orb of light just kind of manifest itself out from nothing which naturally we assumed it to be an approaching vehicle. So we just waited in silence for it, but it never came. Instead, what we saw defies explanation. I and Zach witnessed something very similar, but the others never agreed with us. Here's what I saw as best as I can detail it. The light began as something in the spectrum of white or gold. It then manifested as almost like a small little bonfire or fire in a circular or oblong shape on the gravel. Then these feet, dressed in old-timey shoes and legs, appeared faintly and translucently inside the fire, moving in best as I can describe as a dancing motion. This is all I would saw. Keep in mind, none of us were describing what we were witnessing at the time, as most commentar- commentary was basically, what in the hell is that, or similar. Here's what Zach described that he saw. He had the best perspective. The intersection was glowing with the bright light and then slipped into flames, or something light flame, like flames that lit up the apparition of a woman with dark hair and a short dress spinning and dancing in place like one of the music box ballerinas. He wasn't quite sure, but he thinks she may have been holding either a candle or a lantern. And that's the best, or that's the best of what he described of the apparition. After about a minute or two, the figure and light dissipated. We left lot, not long after, and the, not, er, <clears throat> and the light never returned that night. I had a pretty I- decent idea, though. I told everyone not to discuss what we saw on the ride back. We all agreed we'd sleep on it and write a detailed description of what we saw when we were alone. Next day, we were all hanging out and reading each other's notes on our experiences. This is where myself and Zach realized we'd n- witnessed damn near the same things, but the others did not. We both found that really odd as we had no way of influencing each other on what we saw. We both agreed it had to be genuine and not of some shared delusion. We believe we witnessed the spirit of Rebecca Lowry in some ethereal manifestation. There, That's my ghost story. I have many more if you're interested. You all have a good one. Anyway, thanks for reading, Ryan. Ryan, we are definitely interested in all of your other weird stories, so keep them coming. Um... I may have heard of Spooklight Hill or one similar. I think there might be one either around here, not super close, but in Illinois or in Missouri. That's I don't know if it has the same lore, but it's definitely the same seeing of the lit orbs and stuff. I haven't heard of many people seeing an apparition tied to the light, though, so that's pretty rad. And I like the way that you went about like trying to confirm your sighting with all the other witnesses. How you're like, we're not going to talk about it. We'll get home. We'll write it out when we're not conversing. And then we'll see what matches up. Yeah, if that was you <clears> and me, <throat> we're not that thorough. Fuck no. I'd be I'm like, going to be like, be like Kyle, the- you see that girl dancing in that fire? I was a hell yes. <laughs> but of I course do, I, I do. do like how you did that. Yeah, that, it, was, it was very professional. Scientific. And it is it is weird that you both, the two of you, seem to have had 
almost identical accounts, especially something like as specific as a, as a figure dancing. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty, pretty specific. And it's also weird that the other two people didn't see that. Yeah. I don't it know. It almost makes you wonder if like you two were in tune to some like, maybe it was only meant other for plane. you two. Yeah. I don't know. I do like the following of the lore though. Like, you got to love the old lore tales and then it gets you to go out and investigate an area. And then in this case, it, it happens. I mean, and then he said that it's, it's happened on more than one occasion for him. He's seen it before, but never the apparition. Yeah. That would definitely, that'd be something cool to check out for sure. And it wasn't like malevolent, like it was going to push your car off the bridge or something. So oh, if you hear, if you hear this, Ryan, uh, maybe shoot us the location. I'll see how far it is from us. Maybe we have to take a take a road trip out there. See if we can't see dancing Rebecca, old headless Rebecca, <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, that was a pretty intense part of the story. Yeah, took her head right off, and then you couldn't like even that, find it. That seems illogical, but I'll go with it. Yeah, I mean, he must have been getting that buggy going to straight up decapitate. <laughs> Just took it right off, and he might have had like R.I.P. Six, six horsepower on that thing. So who knows? Yeah, go to bed. But who knows? Anyway, Ryan, thank you so much for submitting your stories, and we would definitely like to hear more of them, especially sure. since you're a magnet of the weird. That's our kind of guy. Hell yeah, you fit right in with all the weirdos for sure. So from there, we are diving in. To do some crazy shit. To Kyle's crazy shit. Right. So I kind of prefaced a little bit of my intentions, and I found this book. It's Top Secret Alien Abduction Files. Top Secret. What the Government Doesn't Want You to Know by Nick Redfern. The government doesn't want us to know a lot of shit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But I've read a lot of articles by Nick Redfern. He he posts a lot on Mysterious Universe, I believe. But... uh, so I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll check the book out. Especially if it falls in, in line with my wanting to look up my labs and shit like that. So here we go. Before alien abductions began in the United States, the government were keeping close tabs on the people who had claimed they had been in close contact with extraterrestrials. They were creating files on these people, listening in, listening in on phone calls, intercepting mail, most of this secret work was done in the 50s. It could be assumed that the person, or it, assu- it could be assumed that the reason all this started to take place was because they wanted to learn what was being done to people by these said visitors. In the beginning, the FBI was doing most of the work. It is also pointed out that the Freedom of Information Act has been used to acquire files on all of the steps in which the government had taken to learn about each contactee case. At this point, they go a little into the difference between a contactee and an abduct- abductee. In a typical abduction experience, it's usually trauma, trauma-filled more so when they know... Like the grays involved, it's usually experiments surrounding DNA, sex, and reproduction. Contactees are a lot more fortunate. One instance was with these quote-unquote space brothers, which I've never actually heard of, but apparently they were almost physically identical to us. No one was ever taken aboard a UFO against their will. No wiped memories, no anything. They wanted to try and unite humanity to live without war. So from here, we follow a man named George Adamski. He was a Polish man who immigrated to the United States where he served in the military. However, all of what he was doing wasn't filling this this void that he had within him. So I think I've heard of that before. Have you? The Space, the space Brothers thing. It's I weird, can't man. I remember where I heard that. It's weird. It's a weird story. I think I go a little more into it. But anyways, uh, so this this uh, George, George Damsky, he retreats to the city of Laguna Beach, California. It was here he formed the Royal Order of Tibet. It was a shamanistic retreat, which was dubbed by the Los Angeles Times. 
However, Adamski states, I'm not bringing the superstition side of things. Instead, the scientific portions of the religion. After spending six years in Laguna, they end up moving to Palomar Mountain in northern San Diego. It was here that they had an encounter with a massive alien spacecraft flying high in the skies. November 20th, 1952. Adamski meets up with some fellow UFO seekers, Al and Betty Bailey, George Hunt, Williamson, and his secretary, Lucy McGinnis. So they meet up, they have breakfast. Afterwards, Adamski has a feeling that they should head to Parker, Arizona. Not long after arriving, they see a huge silver cigar-shaped UFO. With excitement, they yell at each other to follow the craft. Not long after the UFO, it ends up shooting away because it was being followed by a squadron of military aircraft. Shortly after the commotion settles, another smaller UFO appears and lands on a nearby mountain, which Adamski says, hey, this is a sign. They want to talk with me. So Adamski's like, he's on one, right? Don't do it. He's like, I'm, I'm going to go talk to him. I have to. That is like right? the ultimate flashing your flashlight at the UFO. Yeah, and they juke the military out. Think about it. They sent the mothercraft on down the way. They're like, hey, we'll let, you know. Chase this. Chase this. And Psych. They got a little one coming off the back end. Oh, it, oh. If I if I saw a UFO, we would land. have to go up there. It's our job now. Well, now. I mean, we're not getting, we're not like a full time job job, but now, it is our job. Now we are obligated to. But if I was just yeah. hanging out, if I was just hanging out with my my f- other like UFO crew and it landed, I wouldn't be like, I don't think I'd be like, yeah, they want to talk to me. Oh no, I, I wouldn't be assuming that at all. This is a sign that they want to speak. I'd probably be like, Kyle, I'll just take some pictures and we can get the fuck out of here. I would probably be with that plan. <laughs> I'm t- like, like I said, a million times over. I fuck with a lot of shit. I'll fight a demon. I'll do whatever. Aliens, I'm just not a fan of. See, yeah, me either, but I ain't fucking with demons, so. I'm just Except not for when I tell them to do better. I'm just not a fan of aliens because... Because they're green? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to fuck with aliens. Anyway. <laughs> Before Steve gets emotionally scarred, bringing we're going to move bringing on. Bringing it back around. We're going to move on. So, oddly enough, this is exactly what happens. He has a face-to-face conversation with extraterrestrials. Great. As Adamski approaches the craft, a door opens and a long-haired man, human-looking being walks out. The being said its name was Orthon. He came from the planet Venus. Orthon was sent to Earth to warn them of the dangers from nuclear weapons. He also tells Adamski that he was to be a part of a worldwide program to stray away from the planet's annihilation and towards a new paradise. You hear you hear that a lot in uh, UFO yeah. the UFO community. They really started taking notice to us when we started blowing ourselves up, nuking, detonating nukes. Yeah, and they said, "Oh, these idiots have way more power than they need, and they're using it on themselves." Well, I mean, even in and I even have a reference here that even in the Bledsoe encounters, you know, how there is this this special thing that you're you know. Adamski here is is communicating with a higher entity for the basically salvation of humanity, so yeah. to speak, right? Like it's it is a general message across not only from the nuclear aspect of it, but from this this message of hey, we're here to help better you guys, and yet you're not getting any better. But that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not getting it figured out. Right. So. You know, with all, with all that being said, like I just said, uh, even noting here, also I know it's bleak, but did it actually work? Did we stray away from the planet's annihilation? Or was it that we only did because we dropped some and we were able to see the destruction that was caused by it? 
So from here, Adamski's encounters and the fact he released a book on them, he starts to create a large following, despite a lot of people rolling their eyes even to this day about it being, or a being possibly from Venus. And you can imagine back then, you know, some dude coming forward and being like, yeah, I just talked to some dudes from Venus. Like, even even in today's world, most people are going to go, you're crazy. Right? Yeah. Also, with all this, uh, which is, in my opinion, more to to look at, is that with the release of his book and, and gaining a following, the FBI started to take notice in him and the things that he was telling people. It's noted that he would have just published stories of of bizarre encounters that they wouldn't have cared less. Which brings me back to the Bledsoe encounter, and if you think about it, just like anything you could write, or just like anything, you could write it off as science fiction. You know, it just... Like if he were just to come out and, and publish these stories, just wherever you want to publish them, boom, 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 anywhere, people could just be like, "Well, it's just science fiction." Right? Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Especially that, especially that time. Yeah. When oh it, yeah. When it came out, that was like a big thing. There was all kinds of science fiction magazines, and people would post all all sorts of of stuff like that. Especially after Roswell, <laughs> and all that popped off. Yeah. It was just probably. I was probably just. Inundated. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that, the Roswell, because that that's like that that would be no different than riding the wave, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, only, that's a great like, point. What did that say? It was the early fifties, fifty two yeah, or something? Yeah, somewhere around there. You're you're like within that's, five years of Roswell. Exactly. And it seems like as soon as Roswell happened, UFO sightings went Oh yeah, through the roof. Yeah. So this is where it was interesting because you have to keep in mind that the time as to when I was actually writing this was right whenever World War Three was popping off. Knock on, you know, knock on wood Sick. here. But Adamski claimed that the aliens were actually communists, which is comical in a way, you know, <laughs> because of said war that was happening literally as I was writing this. Uh, I'm, now, now that we put it in perspective, communist aliens from Venus... It does sound like a science fiction story. Well, you know, know, it gets better. This being says that the Russians would be victors in a third world war. And like I stated, literally it was popping off in Ukraine as I'm writing this. You're like, damn it. And I'm like, okay, like as if this isn't synchronicity at its best. (laughs) Then after this, the quote-unquote Space Brothers would usher in a new era in which they would sculpt a new Earth. Which sounds like the NWO. But if you look at the statement, and if you have listened to our past episodes, you can you can you can link them. You know, uh, Bledsoe spoke of a mother reigning in in what twenty twenty six a new world. Uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, you look at this statement, which was made in the fifties that the Russians will win a third world war by all measures. It almost appears we could be on the brink of that, which since I wrote this, it has slightly settled down to at least as far as coverage goes. And not to mention my attention span when it comes to the media, but it's just a, it's just a, it's weird how little puzzle pieces kind of start to fall together when you're looking at these things. Um, but the FBI opens a file on Adamski and watches him throughout his life. The book goes on to list others as well. It was, this was more or less the start of the seemingly government taking special interest in the people who have had or claimed to have had contact with extraterrestrials which is kind of an interesting statement for me because it almost makes it sound like prior 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success to 47 50 is you know because roswell was the famous in 47 yeah but it almost makes it sound like and claim that the government for whatever reason wasn't taking many people serious on this subject until roswell because like you said roswell is right at the back door of this encounter right here yeah yeah, and I I feel like that Roswell pushed the UFO phenomenon so far into the public limelight that they almost had to start taking these things seriously. They had to show people that they were investigating, like if if for nothing else, for like national national security. You know, like oh, we're checking into this. We're checking into this. Also, another point to that is like, imagine being, uh, we'll just pretend that I'm a senator and you hear about this this amazing story, what you would consider amazing, of a, a UFO crashing in the desert. This, this whole, You hear the whole story. And in your brain, you are at least entertaining the possibility of. You're not, you don't have the clearance to find this information out, but... Who's to say, you know, someone like me doesn't go, uh, Joe over there claims that he was in contact with extraterrestrials. Hey, you know what? Let's go look into this. Let's go see what it has to offer. It doesn't mean that, because it could have just sparked people's curiosity into the possibility of not being alone in the universe. I'm trying to think of where I heard this story, but... It may have been delving into that whole Sir No Face thing, but I read or heard that Roswell was actually an encounter of two different ships. I don't know if the first one crashed and a secondary one was coming in to like either retrieve the the first uh, downed UFO or coming in to help, but the it's in this report the military used I think a hypersonic weapon or some shit and shot down the second craft, and the second craft is where they reportedly recovered the alien bodies, and oh, they shit. were there was one actually survived. I believe it. Why not? Because in this in this information they were talking about five instances that. The like human military structure had aggressively attacked uh, extraterrestrials. Yeah, and you know that we would. Yeah, and it it's supposedly setting off some kind of something going on. But anyway, that that's what I read that there was two crafts at Roswell. One either went down on its own from a. I think I've heard that a long time ago that there was another one. And the to second come one was taken down the by the military. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, like, 
like with this story, like this is kind of one of the spearheader ones, but you know, in the fifties, these contactees were popping up all over the place, which like you said, after the 47 Roswell incident, the UFO sightings just kind of went through the roof. So there was a actual, a special division of the British police who, who were watching a group called the Aetherius Society, which was completely comprised of contactees. So, How do you spell that? As, as long as I spelled it right here, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S. All right. I'm just gonna Google as you're talking. Yeah, because I've never heard that. It kind of sounds. It's kind of cool. It's all, it's all compromises of contactees, which could also quickly turn into a cult. But we will not go there. So it it seemed like the most of the people at the time were encountering encountering human like beings, all with a similar similar message: disarm nuclear weapons and the creation of a better planet. From here, we go into one of those special abduction cases. It follows Carl. Hunrath and Wilbur Wilkinson. Like Steve and I, these guys were small players in the UFO world. These guys lived in Racin, <laughs> like I say it out loud, it just sounds like Racin, Wisconsin. They were nobody. It, it, like it literally reminds me of, uh, of me and Steve. But they were so intrigued by the UFO world, they decided to one day pack up quit their jobs, and head to Cali. Once they got there, they made friends with all the big players in town, including Adamski. So as you can imagine, a file was now comprised on these two Joe Schmoes who show up hanging out with all the big dogs. Once again, kind of like me and Steve. In these files, it was disclosed that one night while Hunrath slept, a human-looking being broke into his home and injected him with a bunch of chemicals. This started to have an effect on him. He woke up feeling spaced out, and his head was spinning. He also couldn't move. All he could see was a tall, thin man in a dark suit standing over him. The intruder says, I'm... I believe I meant to put Bosco. But for some reason, this says Tosco. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it was Bosco. I am Bosco. You have been chosen to enter our Brotherhood of Galaxies. Also noting that this said entity had a European accent. So it makes me wonder if the government or a government was starting to mingle in this entire abduction thing. Like this may have been the start of something. Because if all these people were almost 100% believing the message the aliens were telling them, why not dip into the cookie jar and start seeding their own ideas? Like that that logically makes a oh. fuck ton of sense. Oh yeah. Especially now that it's on everybody's mind and on everybody's lips. Right. Just you can put what out put whatever you want out there and people are gonna listen to it. Yeah, and I mean like to kind of circle back here, like like what I mean by that statement is like they they start a, a file on Adamski who has been starting to influence these groups of people in this in this overall message of I mean, even think about it this way. He's saying the fucking communists are saying that hey they're gonna win this war and they're basically they're gonna t- they're gonna run the world. Oh yeah. That's, so then the, the the United States government is like yeah fuck that. That's definitely gonna spark the attention of your alphabet boys. Exactly. Exactly. And then you have all these people believing this message. So then the government could at some point go all right. Let's start staging our own abductions and start influencing our will on these people so we have another Damsky over here talking about how great the United States is or how great Britain is or so on and so forth. That's it it it's so it's so weird when we get into these things and they tie into two totally separate separate things we're looking into. Yeah. Because <laughs> the stuff that I've been researching there I think it was Steve Stephen Greer or whatever said that in one of these these dumbs, and he, I don't know if it was Dulce or where, where the fuck it was, but there there was a report that they were churning out gray aliens off of a off of an assembly line. Oh, just in their yeah, in their core, they're robotic, but they have biological flesh and bone. So it's like fucking Terminator. It just we can kill it. They're saying they're doing this to 
push Bluebeam. Oh, when, interesting. When the actual invasion hits. So they are going to, oh, that would be fucking When the crazy. actual invasion hits, they're going to have all of these goodies Good. that come out. Convince me of that. Convince me that these little fuckers are basically Terminators and that I can fucking kill them. That's all. And, that's all. It's gonna. That's all you need to do. And I don't know where they're getting the biological matter from. I don't know if they if they were talking about like it being taken from all these missing people or like from the cattle mutilations, how all the organs are missing. That's weird. They're talking about weird. The, and them being put in where where when Bluebeam goes down and the foe invasion happens, that there will. be be like boots on the ground gray aliens that interact with Let's the humans go. and when when we do drop them that they'll have biological matter to make us think that it is legit but it, at its core it's all it's, it's all show it's a fake it's yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be programmed by god imagine that mind fuck like <laughs> You you finally drop one. Like it makes me think of signs and you finally you finally smoke one. We're like we can kill it boys. And and our our like little rogue groups of scientists are like we got we got to cut it open. See 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 what it's about and you cut into it and there's a fucking United States of America stamp right on the side of that motherfucker. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at the same time at all. How like like when you it's it, you're you're grasping at a, like a whole bunch of different straws and you're pulling them together, but once you get them together and you start to look at it, you're like, "What if, dude? It, I, yeah, it's hundred percent possible. What if, hundred percent." But anyways, back to uh, this Hunrath. Sorry, I keep taking you on tangents. No, it's but... fine. It was a good. It was a good talk. Uh, the FBI, or in this file that the FBI had, it was noted that through. And this is another, another fucking weird reference because this is in the FBI file through quote unquote occult techniques. Hunrath's mind was filled with data on UFOs and their technology. What the hell does that even mean? I don't know, but I like it. I like it. So and it was Bosco. It wasn't Tosco. We got or Costco wizards. Yeah. Putting, but that that right there that suggests that this Hunrath guy, who was a nobody like you and me, had advanced knowledge somehow on UFOs and technologies that these beings were able to possess. I can't talk. Who? Okay, oh, maybe I missed it. Who? Who is the one filling his mind with this from occult techniques? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's this Bosco person I was talking about earlier who I can I miswrote as Tosco. Tabasco. Tabasco. I like Tabasco. Anyway, so he's a spicy boy. Yeah. <laughs> I like Tabasco. So this Bosco also started to leak info to Hunrath. He started to explain how to take down Russian aircraft. Also, that this tech that Hunrath was able to create, it would bring down American military planes as well which furthers my statement earlier about yeah, that's some government going to be a problem fucking seeding something out there right yeah so bosco tells hunrath you are my vessel to speak through and from this point his mind was flooded with tech and science based imagery old bosco wanted to help hunrath create his own weapons of mass destruction what? which is weird Coming th from a being who wants nothing but fucking peace Weird. on the planet. That sounds fucking familiar. Right. So after this, it's. Why said, do they always do that? I don't Why know. Why do they always take the path like, oh, we're all light, we're all love, but first let's show you how to make a fucking dirty bomb to <laughs> take out your enemies? But we're going to do it with love. Exactly. Sent to you from Venus via Warhead. Signed with love. Hell yes. Anyway, but I, don't I know. fucking hate aliens. After this, it said that Bosco did something very not alien like. And th this is kind of like me talking here. He walks over to the window, climbs out, and vanishes into the night. 100% not what a fucking alien would do. 
But I'll just leave. I that love there. that he he has traveled light years. Yeah, or traveled yeah, millions of miles to get here. Can can transport through walls and everything. But he's like, I'm gonna see myself out through this window. Yeah, I mean, but it. And this is like just a, a refresher here. This is the Bosco that came was in this guy's room, injected him with chemicals, made him feel all fucking weird, taught him how to bring down Russian and American planes. So et cetera, et Bosco was just a uh, men in black. More or less. <coughs> Definitely working for some type of government agency, in my opinion. I was hoping Tabasco was an alien, but it just sounds like he was just a regular dude. Yeah. So this encounter prompts Hunrath to move to Cali and begin on the weapon. He was visited then by the FBI and police on several yeah, occasions. I'd say so. His buddy Wilkinson also got a visit from the feds. However, he freaked out. All he wanted to do was find the truth out about UFOs, and then he gets wrapped into this fucking his buddy making a basically a tech that can take down all planes. Hunrath, his buddy had some mysterious genius from Ohio contact him. And apparently, this genius took off to Japan to work with them on a on a, on magnetic systems, all of this apparently aiding in the device. Hunrath seemed like a man on a mission with nothing to lose. He wanted answers that bad, so he went to Ohio looking for this guy and started asking questions all around the scientific community about ETs and UFOs knowing that someone would reach out eventually if he's knocking on all the right doors. He even went on to start spreading fucking rumors of a device he now calls Bosco and how it would destroy all aircrafts and he didn't care whose aircraft it took out. So, as one can imagine, this attracted not only the attention of the FBI, but the good old men in black started to trail him as well. So with that being said, you have Hunrath stirring all kinds of shit with this Bosco device he supposedly had. Everywhere he went, basically turned radioactive. His buddy Wilkinson was like, yeah, well, fuck my buddy Hunrath. I'm out. I'm going to keep my distance for a while and just kind of cut ties with Hunrath for the time being. Hunrath it sounds like a supervillain name. Right. If well, someone was going to create a weapon of mass destruction, he would probably have the name Hunrath. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, like I said, he, he cuts all ties, but later on, he ends up joining back up with Hunrath again because of his fascination with the subject of UFOs. And they had a lot of history as friends. So... The two men later claimed that they had made contact with an extraterrestrial and that they were being downloaded with information. Now, this is also strange because that happened to Hunrath first. Hunrath was just all in on Bosco. Well, now Wilkinson is, is involved again, and he's also convinced now that, some, that they've made contact with an ET. So now they're both doubling down. There was a George Hunt Williamson claimed to have even seen this and said it was so bizarre. It compares to like using a Ouija board, like they were just receiving messages from the great beyond. One night, these two got a message to go to a location which was very remote in California. No one but them knew the actual location, but they were to meet, the, meet up there with ETs. The morning they were going to meet with the ET, they rented a car and headed to the airstrip. Hunrath was a very skilled pilot. They rented a plane. The plane had about three hours worth of fuel. Hunrath told said employee about meeting with friends in the desert. They took to the skies, and by mid-afternoon, no one had heard from them again. The airstrip called emergency services, Local pilots also searched the surrounding areas in every direction. No signs of anything. No wreckage, no smoke, no nothing. Both the feds and local cops dug into this incident. Nevertheless, no one found a single sign of anything at all whatsoever. So these two dudes disappear from the face of the planet without a trace. So much so, like, I understand... 
being skeptical when the government and cops get involved, but they said local pilots took to the skies and flew in every direction <sighs> looking for these guys. They they found no wreckage, no no plane hiding out there, nothing. My brain goes in two separate directions with this. Yeah, exactly. On one end, it reminds me of the old boy who was building UFOs and talking to the aliens through his television and yeah. he disappeared. Which, I mean, there's there's one of two things here. Either either dudes went to go see the ETs and the ETs took them, or someone posing as ETs yeah. sent these boys out there and now they're shut up for good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in the desert. Yeah. They're they're definitely <laughs> in the desert. Now they're just they a little bit below up. the ground. They're shut up for good. So right. you ain't got to worry about old boy spouting off, taking down planes, and you ain't got to worry about them talking about the communists winning World exactly. War Three, and you ain't got to worry about any of that because they're disappeared. That's one hundred percent where I'm at because I believe that Wilkinson dude had a family and shit. Like one of the whole reasons he dipped out on. Hunrath first was because, like, he has a family, like he has a wife and children. I believe. I feel, well, I've heard this story somewhere. You before. probably have. You probably have. Like what? Oh man, how long is Dude, this? One? Now I want to go and search the desert and try to find their plane that's buried. It's probably in a hangar somewhere. It's not even buried. They probably yeah. landed it and then. Not a UFO, but another flying device, not flown by aliens, but probably by the government, flew in, took the plane, and it's just sitting in some airplane graveyard somewhere. It could have been, man. It could have been a whole pre-plotted thing, which wouldn't have been hard to do. No, not at all. Especially when you got when you got a guy already believing that he's talking to aliens, all you have to do is send him messages from the aliens. Yeah. Air quotes. And he's going to believe it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because he's already, yeah, he's already he's in. completely invested. He's in. You could be like, yeah, that, that's the easiest way to get rid of somebody. Be like, yeah. hey, we're the aliens. Come and meet us out here. Nothing bad will happen to you. <laughs> you definitely won't get disappeared. And they'd be like, all right, let's go. Let me get my buddy. Why are all the aliens driving black SUVs? (laughs) Let me get my buddy who also believes in the aliens. That would be like us, Kyle. That's how they're going to get us. That's exactly what I said at the beginning of it. I said, this is literally me and Steve. That's how they're going to get us. It's 100% me and Steve. Damn it. Well, at least we know. If we disappear, know that we were chasing aliens that weren't actually aliens. One thing that we have going for us is neither of us know how to fly a plane. I play Grand Theft Auto. Oh, shit. Shit. All right, so I'm going to try to get through this last encounter before I shut her down here. I just... It's a good one. You're, so, you're going to want to hear this one. I... <sighs> the next one's just going to blow your mind even more. You, like, like sitting in hindsight now, like, you see all the red flags that Hunrath wasn't seeing. Yeah. You know, like, hey, the government's trying to tell you to shut up, and you just keep fucking spouting off at the mouth. You know about, but somebody tried fucking with him first. Bosco fucked with them. Yeah, yeah. There was some outside source wanting him to go on a tirade, and then once he did, I wonder another government agency took notice to him. Unless it was all, unless it was all the same government agency, could have been to see how far they can get with something, or if if the whole end game was just to get him to to go so far off the deep end that when he did disappear, nobody'd even think about looking into it. It's possible, man. I don't know. It was weird, but this next one, Unrath. this next one's weird. So from here, bring we, it on. We follow the story of a man named Antonio Villas Boas, 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 something like that. Antonio had at least three recorded run-ins with the ETs. The first encounter was simple. He noticed a bright light in the sky one day. He said it appeared as if someone had their headlights on at you. Then it vanishes. A week later. The same light appears, and as it gets closer, this time he said that it was shaped in, like, this cartwheel-type vehicle. All of a sudden, this UFO hovered over Antonio and shined a bright red light on him. This light ended up irritating his eyes for whatever reason. The third encounter gets a little more interesting. Around 1 a.m., he noticed an odd red star in the sky. 
In the matter of a few moments, it grew into a large egg-shaped object. The object got closer and closer, and he said it was a rounded shape with little purplish lights around it. It also had three metal spurs in the front. On the upper part, there was something revolving at great speed and giving off a powerful fluorescent reddish light. Antonio started to run. He, at this point, fears for his life. Well, he doesn't make it very far, and he's basically paralyzed and flat on his back. He notices a humanoid figure approach him in a one-piece suit. Antonio was taken aboard the craft. He was stripped and covered in a sticky liquid. The beings made a small incision on his chin and took a small amount of blood. So they leave afterwards, and the room begins to fill with a gas. Almost like breathing in smoke is how it's described. Well, it makes him feel pretty shitty for a short time. Then he recovers and feels better than he ever has in his entire life. So he's hanging out, naked, you know, whatever. When all of a sudden, this female alien walks in. <laughs> By all counts, she's what me and Steve would dub an ABB. What's an ABB, Kyle? An alien big booty. And it's I'm, it's noted that... I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, my this is where my brain's at. I'm like, why would they draw the blood from his chin on a noticeable spot? And then the whole time, it's about to happen. Getting real. So, and he, he also notes that this ABB <laughs> is Asian looking. Oh. She had curvy... Well. He says she had curvy proportions and a very exotic appearance. Well, at this point, Antonio is basically forced to make some sweet love. <laughs> After this, they ended up dropping dude back off at his house. All in all, pretty fucking bizarre encounter, I... right? <laughs> so, with the start of that... I love how he just added in... Kind of... Some, some oh, he Asian he, to her. He felt okay. some type of way. You could tell. He's like, she was thick in all the right places. Curvy. She's curvy. Yeah, he says she's curvy. I'm not saying I got an alien type, but if I did, this would be the one. Be close. But with that being said, before I go, that's the end of the encounter. It's so the analysis of the encounter. Like more to the story evolves, but we're gonna do that in the beginning of the next episode. It sounds like. Old boy probably had a side chick, and he probably was getting close to getting caught. Babe, babe, you don't understand. You do not know what I've just been through. You don't understand. I, I was taken against my will. <laughs> I was forced. They was extraterrestrials. Have, I was forced to have relations with this curvy alien. It wasn't me. It wasn't. <laughs> look me. at this. Look at this nick on my chin. <laughs> they took my blood. They did it. <laughs> They made me breathe some weird gas. They took all my clothes off and they covered me in all this stuff. Look, I'm covered in the sticky goo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were after the night you had. <laughs> oh, what a poor guy. <laughs> you it's poor just, guy. I, uh, uh, there's only... Uh, I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the outro. So, yes, yep. make sure you tune in next week to round two of whatever the hell just happened in this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so check us out at all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, and Discord. Come and hang out with us. Tell all your weird friends about us. And until next week, stay safe, stay weird, and this just makes us have to make an ABB merch line. This is going to happen. Calling all artists. ABB, Alien Big Booty. This is where we're at, folks. This is where the show's gone. Sorry. My fault. See ya.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 